Hallelujah. Praise God. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for a God who answers prayer? All throughout this time, the church has never lost focus of what needed to be done. In the aspect of Stephanie, we, we made it, we made it a, a, a fervent prayer, not, not just a, well, now I lay me down to sleep, Jesus type prayer, but we, we, we came before God and we said, God, you got to move. You got to move in a situation. I don't, I don't think my pastor could go ahead and take it if his baby girls is put in prison, Lord. You, you got to do something. You got to do something. And it's that repeated, it's that knock. Hey, Lord, are you there? Hey, Lord, I, 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 I got something else. Hey, Lord, it's me. Lord, it's me again. You know, I, I know, I, I know, I talked to you about this before, but here I am again, Lord. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm petitioning you again, God, that you do something in this situation. I'm petitioning you, God, that, that, that you move, Lord. I, this is not something that's small to us, God. It's something that means something to us. Can you say Amen? amen. Hallelujah. But we, we never lost sight of, uh, of, of the focus on that. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to go to 1 Kings 3, 1 through 14. 1 Kings 3, 1 through 14. Say amen when you have it. Amen. Hallelujah. I was kind of excited when I seen Pastor come up here and I, I thought, well, praise God, I'm not going to have to preach. He's going to go ahead and he's going to start talking. We're, we're going to be done and, and it's just going to be done and over with. The Lord said, no. That's, that's not what I want, son. You're, you're going to go up there. Yes, Lord. So in 1 Kings 3, 1 through 14, I'm going to read this and I'm going to have you sit down. Uh, with the help of the Lord, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try and, and, and uh, give you what he's given me. And it says, And Solomon, talking about the king of Israel here, Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of building his own house. Everybody say his own house. his own house. And the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built in the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful when you have somebody in leadership or in a place of high power that loves God? Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed uh, and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. In Gibeon the Lord appeared, unto, uh, appeared to Solomon. So God appears to Solomon here. In a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept him, or kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, but I am but a little child. Notice the attitude of the king. Notice, notice the attitude of this man. He is, he is a, he's somebody who's been set apart. He's been 
He's been put in this place of, of kingship. He's over all of Israel. He has everything under his hand, anything he wants. Hallelujah. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I, might, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. He made a commitment to God. And what he said, God liked. God said, okay, that's good. I like that. I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and I'm going to work with that, Solomon. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee. Neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like you unto all these days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, here, here's God's stipulation, folks. I want you to pay close attention to this. I want you to give me your full attention. God says this, And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. God, God said, if you do what I ask you to do, son, you've asked all this stuff of me, and that's good. If you do what I ask you to, though, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fulfill this covenant with you. I'm going to go ahead and do this for you. You may be seated. So we, we understand here that Solomon is, is the head honcho, the head God. He is the king over Israel. He has everything under his power. He can do whatever he wants to. Hallelujah. Brother Godfrey talked today. Uh, and, and let me just say this. I, I, I want to acknowledge my brother. My, my brother has come a very long way, a very long way from, from where he was at when, when he, he first began his walk with God. And I, I am sincerely impressed. But he talked about how uh, there's power. There is power in prayer. There's so much power in prayer. There's power in your relationship with God. There's power if you just want to tap into it. Now, you can, you can do one of two things. You can say, yes, there's power of God, and just go about your day. Go about your own, uh, your own business and not really spend any time with God. And just, you know, give God an occasional, hey, God, how's it going? How you doing? Stuff, you know, just your little five or ten minute prayer. Or, or you can actually go and get into prayer. You can get into that, that mindset. You can get into the, into the position where, where you, you, you place yourself right alongside God, and, and you're right there listening to His every, his every thought, his, every, his everything, what He wants for your life and for what He wants uh, uh, to, to go ahead and show you in the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. I'm going to read something else here real quick. And, well, let, let me go ahead and back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So as, as Solomon goes ahead and he does this stuff, uh, he, he's leading the kingdom. And then he starts doing all these extra things. He starts doing this, this stuff. He makes his house and he makes his, his wife a house. And he makes all these things, these gardens, these, these trees, these, these, you know, all these pools and all these other things. He starts, he starts if you would, starts losing losing the focus of the relationship, start losing where he's actually supposed to be. Let me tell you something, folks. Money, money's not going to buy you happiness. Now, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I do understand 
money helps. Money's a tool. Money will help you and stuff. But let me tell you something. If you're in this life and all you think about is, well, I need money to go ahead and do this. I need money to go here. I need money to, to get this done. I need this and that. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. Money is one of the easiest things for God to use. And let me tell you something. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God does not need your money. Hold on, Pastor. Easy now. I'm telling you what. God does not need your money. All right? God can do anything he wants to do, and he will. He will. But in this relationship that, that the king has, he, he, he made this proclamation to the Lord, and the Lord said, that sounds good. I like that. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And, and he goes along, and then Solomon starts losing a focus. He starts losing focus, and he starts thinking something else. Uh, in fact, and I, we read in Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 12. Bear with me, church. Please bear with me. This, this is something I wanted to try, and, and, and I had another message all prepared, and I was actually focusing on that, and the Lord said, I don't want you to, I don't want you to go ahead and teach on that. I want you to go ahead and go here. I'm like, but Lord, I've already got all this. I've already got all this set up, and I, I know, I know what I'm going to say here, and I, I, I guarantee, you, I know the Spirit's going to hit me, son. I want you to go this way. So please, please bear with me, church. Realize that I am just a conduit of the Lord. I, Amen. I'm just trying to do what the Lord wants me to. Ecclesiastes two one through twelve. And verse 17, it says this, I said in mine heart, this is Solomon talking here, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of myrrh, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what, that, what was that good for the sons of men which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. Listen to this now. This is Solomon talking here. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth the trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house also. I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and a peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I get me singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, listen to me now, and whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit." And there was no prophet under the sun. And I turned to myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath been already done? Therefore I hated life. 
listen to me now. We're, we're talking about the king, the king that has everything, the king that set up uh, pools. He set up gardens. He set up trees. He set up vestures. He set up houses. He gave things to people. He was full. He was fulfilled in his, in his duty. He was the king. He had everything he wanted. There was nothing that was held back from him. And he says, therefore, I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Vanity and vexation of spirit. Have you ever felt in your life that everything that you have done, everything that's built up to this point in your life, it's just kind of, you know, I, I, I thought it would be so much more than this. I thought I would be in, in, a, in a different place than I am right now. I thought my, uh, my ministry would be so much better or, or I would be used in a different way or I, I, I thought that, that I could do something so much better over here or, or you know, if, if my if my wife would, would, would be a, you know, a, a better wife or, or if my husband would have been better at, at this, at doing this in my life, if my kids would just listen to me and have obeyed my voice, none of this mess would have happened in their lives. This is what, this is what Solomon's saying. He's, he, he's, he's thinking that everything that he's done up until this point stuff is just, it's just vexation of spirit. Man, it, it, it could have been better. It should have been better. Let me tell you something, folks, and I want you to hear me right now. There's nothing better than the church. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't think you heard me. There's nothing better than the church. You're never going to find any type of, 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 of contentment out in, in this world right now. All there is is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that's what got a hold of Solomon. He lost focus of the relationship that he had with God. He lost focus of what he said that he was going to do with God. And he decided to go his own way. He decided he wanted to do what he wanted to do instead of actually going the way God said, okay, Okay, you want to do that? Great, let's move together. We're going to go ahead and do this. You can get into a covenant with God. You can get into the relationship with God. And if you abuse it, if you go around it, if you say that you're going to do this and you decide to go ahead and go in a different way, you know God's not going with you on that. God's not, God's not interested in listening to anybody gripe. God's not interested in hearing you uh, say how bad your life is. Let me tell you something. Right now, look at where you're at. Look at where you're at. You're in the United States of America. You're worshiping under in, in a house of God, feeling the Spirit of God move on you. Think about that for just a second. You can't do this in China. You think you're going to get, you're going to get away with, with raising your hands and running the aisles and witnessing, praying for people over there in Russia? Let me tell you something. It's not done. You're a blessed people. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, we, we, get so, we get so set on the mindset that our life is so terrible. We, we can't do this. Oh, my goodness, my, my tire blew it out on my, on my truck, and now my day is ruined. Jesus, why did you let this happen to me? Not everything goes as planned. Not, not everything goes to, to your plans and to, your, to, to the things that you, want, that, that you want done in your life. Let me tell you something. You still need to give God the praise anyhow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do it anyway. And you want to know what? Listen to me. Hear me not right now. Even though your life is not going the way that you think it should be, praise Him anyhow. Praise Him anyhow. And watch God work. Watch God move in your life. Why? Because you decided to go ahead and praise Him anyhow. 
Well, I still got cancer, Lord, but I'm going to worship you anyhow. Let me tell you something. I don't know how many times I've heard this. Cancer just disappeared. They go back before the doctor and then they hold up the x-rays and the doctor's sitting there looking at you and then looking at the x-rays. This is what it was before. I've seen this. It's right here. I see this big spot right here and it's cancer. And now I look at the new x-rays and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Watch God move. You want to have some faith? Start speaking faith. Start claiming God's going to do some things in this life. It's not about you, honey. Let me tell you something. It's about Jesus. It's about what God can do in your life. It's about what God's going to do in the life of other people besides the person that you look at in the mirror. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. We, we, we get so stuck. We get in the rut of just everyday things and, oh, well, I got to get up and I got to pray now. Let me tell you something, honey. You, it's not that you have to pray. You don't have to pray. Only if you want a relationship with God. I'll tell you what, you men, try, try being in the same household as that beautiful wife that you got and not speak to her. Don't speak to her for a week. Don't speak to her for a month. See how your relationship goes. See how your relationship goes. See how, how well it goes for you. You know what? Same thing goes for, for you ladies. Don't talk to your children for a while. See what happens. See what happens. Your, your, your relationship is defined by how you speak and who, how you speak to that person that, that, that you love so much. So let me tell you something. The, the Lord is just looking for a relationship with you. He's not asking much, church. Come on now. There's a lost and dying world and we're so concerned about us and oh my goodness, this person took my parking space and they know I parked over here or you know, they're, 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 they're in my church pew. They're in my seat and by God, well, who in the world do they think they are? Don't they know I've been coming here for the last 30, 40 years and that's my spot. Oh, grow up, grow up. Grow up. Get past your little hindrances. Get past the things that, that you think that somebody else, well, you know, bless God, you know, that they, they looked at me in the wrong way. I was talking to, a, uh, 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 I was talking to my brother, and, and, and one of the, there was a, uh, I absolutely hate being late. I, I, I do. I, the guys up there at work and stuff joke around with me all the time and stuff, and you know, Georgie, you're not supposed to be here for about another two hours. What are you doing here? I couldn't sleep. You couldn't sleep? Yeah, okay. Well, you don't like being late still, do you? No, I don't. <sighs> Pastor had me teaching on Tuesdays for three years, and I, I, I got off work and rushed home and grabbed a shower and scrubbed and did everything I could and stuff and rushed back up here and stuff, and I was about 10 minutes late. And I like, to, I like to hit the prayer room. I like to get in here and pray before I come up here. Okay? It's just how I am. I want to get in the presence of God before I, before I give anything to the people of God. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want this to be about me. It's not about me, and, it, and it's not, I'm not. I'll never allow it to be about me. I'm not. I, it's just not me. Anyway, so I go rushing up the stairs, and there was a, there was a, there was a young couple down on the, on the, uh, on the steps, and and I, I rushed past him, and I came in here and stuff, and I got in prayer, you know, the last five minutes and stuff. And then pastor says, all right, come on up, let's, let's go. Said, all right, come up here, and, I, and I, I give my message and everything else. And then later on, uh, this, this, this couple, this, this one man was, was talking with a friend of mine and said, hey, man, you know, that, I, I don't like that guy and stuff. He just rushed right past me. You know, people get offended if you don't even shake their hand. 
Don't even shake their hand. They walk right out of church. Really? That's why I'm just going to say this, and Pastor can override me if he wants to and stuff. Before any visitor comes, comes out of that door, you ought to mob them. Mob them and shake their hand tell them how, how glad and how happy we are to have you here. Because you, you make the church. Honey, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for visitors, it'd be, it'd be just Pastor, my, uh, uh, our family, and, and, and Godfrey and stuff. And, and what, you, start to, you start to focus on, on other things besides yourself when, whenever you come into the kingdom of God. You start to focus on what God wants, how God wants to move it in somebody else's life besides your own, besides just you. And don't get me wrong, I understand. We're, we're the king's kids. You know, the good stuff ought to come to us. You know, and it's, it's just one of those deals where God blesses his children. Let me, let me tell you something. If you line up with the will of God, God's going to bless you. But don't sit there and, and, and press God for this stuff. God's just going to bless you, period. I, I told Pastor this one time. I, I, said, I, said, I said, Pastor, I, I, I don't get this and stuff. I said, I'm getting blessed coming. I'm getting blessed going. I'm, I'm getting blessed here and there. And, and I, I, I feel guilty about it. I, I, I do. I, I feel like, Lord, I, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Honey, let me tell you something. When God gives you something and you didn't deserve it, what we all deserve is the pit of hell. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I know, I know, I know I, I deserve the pit of hell. And excuse me, I, I know that kind of goes against your, 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 your Christian sensitivity and stuff, but that, that's just how I think. But I'll tell you what, it, it, it's so much more focused on other people than on us. It's not about you, honey. It's not about you, sir. It's not about you, ma'am. It's about the, the, the people who are lost and dying out there in this lost and dying world. And if we're, and if we're so focused on a person that we look at in the mirror, if you're so focused on, the, on your past mistakes and the things that you can't get over, let me tell you something. God wants to use you like you've never been used before, but it takes relationship. You've got to get in the presence of God. You've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to find out what God wants you to do. Because if you just go out there and do your own thing and stuff, God's not going God, to... I'm, I'm sorry. You, you can say it all you want to. Stuff. I don't believe God's going to sit there and bless that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. I, I, I submit myself to my pastor. He is, he is, uh, he is my head. And, and if he says different, then, then so be it. But I'll tell you what, church... These are the last days. These are the last days. We need to focus. We need to focus. We need to focus in prayer. We need to focus on our relationship with God. We need to focus on, on the relationship and trying to establish a relationship with somebody else and stuff to bring him to the house of God, to, to, to bring him to the understanding that, that the gospel is, is what we need. Listen to this now. Listen to this. A lot of people think that living, living for God is, is so hard. Jesus said this in Mark 8, 34 through 38. He says this. And when he had called, I'm sorry, I'm reading this from here. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he wasn't excluding them. He said, boys, come over here. I want to talk to everybody. Come over here. That's what Jesus said. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. Let him deny himself and, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels. Everybody say the, the gospel. For my sake and the gospels. That same shall save it. Listen to me now. Listen to me. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? 
and lose his own soul. Honey, you can have everything that you have ever wanted, everything that you've ever dreamed of, that, that, that brand new Chevy 4x4 pickup and that, 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 that Mustang GT convertible and that big house out there by the, by the river on a mountaintop. Yes, that was my dream when I was a kid. Uh, you know, you can have all these things and stuff, but let me tell you something. If you, if you, don't, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I'll never, I'll never forget something that impacted me so, so much. There was a, a multi-billionaire. Multi-billionaire had everything he ever, ever wanted or dreamed of. He was on his, his yacht out in the middle of, I, I, I think it was one, some super, some, some beautiful ocean place and stuff, beautiful uh, aqua blue waters and everything else. Big, brand new boat and stuff. Went ahead and, you know, just didn't think that life was worth it anymore. Walked out to the edge of the front of that, of the, the bow of that boat, and just jumped off into the water. By the time his crew found him and stuff, he was dead. Now, what would possess somebody that had all those things to go ahead and do that? Because money can't buy you happiness, honey. Money is not going to buy you happiness. A relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus is going to fulfill every single need and desire that you have in your heart. Let me tell you something. Loneliness, loneliness will, will blow by you and stuff because you have a relationship with God. The, the, the self-pity, everything that, that comes with, oh man, my life is just not what I want it to be. You know why? Because you're not in prayer. Because you're not in prayer. Because you're, you're you don't have that, that relationship that you need to with God. Well, Brother George, I, I, I think you're being a little bit critical. I am. You're right. I am. I am being critical. Why? Because, because I love you. Because I, I don't want to see you uh, in, in the place that you're at. Well, that's, I don't know about that, Brother George. That, that just seems very, very harsh. No. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you need somebody to be harsh to you. Somebody, sometimes that you, you need somebody. When David was fleeing from Absalom, he was going across. He came across a man that was throwing stones and throwing dirt at him. He says, you know, you know uh, this man, uh, he, he, loved, uh, he loved King Saul, and he seen David as, as just a bloody man. And he, and he told him, he said, thou art a bloody man, David. And then as they were coming by, one of David's men said, let, let me get down off of this horse, and I'll go down and I'll take his head for you. And David went ahead and said, no, who's to know if God, God didn't appoint him to go ahead and do that to me? Let me tell you something. Every once in a while, you need to be put in your place. You need, you need to be brought down a couple notches. Hello? Come on now. Yeah, I know. This, this, this hurts a little bit. This hurts a little bit. I get it. I get it. Let me tell you something. I, I, I like my pickup truck. I'm going to tell off on myself. I don't really want to do this. I, I like my pickup truck. And there's some times where I don't have the time or the inkling to go ahead and be able to work on it. Now, I've got a big diesel and stuff. And there's a few things that I can do to it. So I took it up there to the dealership because the air, the air on that thing, and if you notice the big black truck stuff during the middle of summertime, it gets hot. The air didn't work. So I asked him to go ahead and, and to, uh, to try and fix whatever it was. Well, the mechanic came back and said I needed all these extra things. And I was like, well... I'm not going to have you guys do that because that's highway robbery. I can take care of that myself, and which I can. So the air filter on that thing was all crumbled when I opened it up after they got done fixing everything. They didn't touch the air filter. They, they opened it up, they looked at it, and they closed it right back. My, my 
my, my understanding was, or what my thought process was, is that guy grabbed the air filter, crumbled it, and then threw it back in there, making it useless to my truck. I got upset. I got very upset, and I thought, well, you know what? I don't, I don't think that they're going to believe me and stuff, so I'm going to take pictures, and I'm going to go ahead and send it up there. I emailed the, the, the customer service, the, the, the service supervisor. I emailed the, the person that... Uh, the person that was helping me out, and I told him, I said, I, I honestly believe that this that this mechanic went ahead and shoved it in there sideways, so I couldn't so I couldn't use it again, and that's that's the whole reason why uh, that that he did that. I, I just I, I don't I don't think that he did any of the work that he said he did, because there, there's a few other things and stuff that I found that were broke, and then the old service technician that uh, that we used to deal with called me up and goes, hey, what's what's going on here? What what, what is the deal with this? I said, take a look at that filter. Does that or does that not look like somebody just shoved that thing in there because one of the corners was smashed in? I said, does that not look like somebody did that? And he goes, well, he said, George, I'm just going to tell you right now, I've seen this before. I've seen it. this happen. He said, you've got a very big engine in that thing, and that thing needs a lot of air to go through it, and this sometimes happened. And I told him, I said, Jeff, I don't, I, I, I'm not calling you a liar. Please understand this. I know you. I understand you. But I honestly believe that th this was done to it. So he said, well, he said, I know the guy who, who, who worked on your truck, and I, I can honestly tell you that he didn't do it. And I was like, you're, you're not convincing me right now. And he said, that, that's fine. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll call me on Monday, and, and we'll try and get this thing worked out. I said, that's fine. Well, another friend of mine from work, he likes my truck too. So he decided he, he's going to go out there, and he's going to go ahead and buy himself a diesel just like mine. And so he called me up that day and showed me a picture of his new truck. So he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a car guy. And, uh, he goes ahead and he says, he says, how do you like it? I said, I love, love your truck. Really nice. I said, Hey, let me ask you a question. I'm going to send you some pictures. You, you tell me what, uh, what you think about this. Send him the pictures. And I showed him the, the air filter. I said, have you ever seen that before? He goes, yeah, I sure have. And I said, what? He said, I've seen that before. I said, what do you mean you've seen it before? He said, I, I've seen it before. He said, your, your air filter is probably a less than adequate air filter. Uh, and it probably got cold and then uh, crinkled up in there and stuff because that engine that you got, it sucks in the air. So, folks, needless to say, I had to eat crow. So, I'm in the process of writing a, uh, a very humbling letter for myself, of course, uh, apologizing to the service manager, apologizing to my my person. I, I'm just I'm telling you, I, I've got to do this. I, I talked to my little brother about it, stuff yesterday, and he just laughed. And I was like, well, yeah, I've got to do this. I can't. And what 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 are you trying to say, brother George? God's going to humble you sometimes. Let me tell you something. You get you get a, you get too big of a head sometimes. God's going to say, okay, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to teach you something here, son. Sometimes we we get. It, on the aspect of, well, you know, the world is so much against you. I had people tell me a lot when I was younger, hard head makes a soft behind. And when you have to swallow crow, it don't taste very good. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and have to do that. But back to this right here. Jesus said, you deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same is going to save it. You give your life for the Lord. 
You give everything that you have to God and you watch God move in your life, folks. You give your life for the gospel's sakes. And, and what do you mean, give my life, Brother George? What, what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm saying everything about you. Everything about you. You, you wake up in the morning and it's a thank you, Jesus, for this day, God, because you gave me breath in it. And Lord, I thank you for, for every little thing. I witnessed a man uh, lost, a, lost the keys to his, uh, uh, lost the keys to his, uh, the, the toolbox, the toolbox on the back of his truck. And I wasn't expecting this. Lost the keys to his toolbox and asked me, uh, you know, hey, you know, I, I, need, I need another set of keys for this thing. Well, we, uh, it finally got open a step, and the, his keys were inside this toolbox. Now, remember, it, for a man who works with tools, who, who's handy with his hand and stuff, tools are essential, okay? I mean, you men know what I'm talking about, right? So if, if he's blocked from that stuff, it, it, it can be frustrating. It, it can be, it, it, you know, it can just kind of wear and tear on you. Instead of him griping about this, instead of him throwing a big complaint, what does he do when, when we finally get the, the lid up on him and he finds his keys right there in the middle of, of, the, of the toolbox, raises up his hands and screams, Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Let me tell you something. That, that burned in me. Oh, and I was like, Lord, Lord, thank you. Thank you for people like this in my life. Thank you for people like this in my life. Thank you for the example this man has showed me. Thank you. Let me tell you something. This man, stand up, Pastor. Stand up, please. You see this man right here? Do you know how much this man prays for you? Do you understand the, 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 the weight of a church on top of a man's shoulders? Where, where's, where's my sister at? Is she in here? She's downstairs. Sister Torres, too, ladies. Let, let me tell you something, the way this stuff. So what are you saying, Brother George? Lift them up in prayer. Yes. Don't you dare let a day go by that you don't lift these people up in prayer, folks. Because you don't know the onslaught of hell that comes against them when they're trying to do everything in their power. And let me tell you something. This is one of the most... I'm trying to find the right word. The most... Easy going man of God I've ever I've ever been under. Easy going. He might get frustrated sometimes, but let me tell you something, you'll never see it. You'll never see it. The work of ministry is not easy, folks. It, it's not. It's not. Because you have to understand that every word that comes out of a, a minister's mouth, if it ain't of God, he's going to be held accountable for that. If he tells you some bad advice and you do it and, and you're going to come back at him, oh, why'd you tell me to do that, Pastor? I thought you were an anointed man of God. And, and look at you, you can't even do that right. Let me tell you something. This man prays for your very soul. He, he gets up on this pulpit and he gives you what God gives him. Why? Because he loves you. Go ahead, Pastor, be seated. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm, I'm asking, I covet your prayers, church. I covet them not only for myself and my wife, but for my, my little brother and for, for my pastor. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to, to stand behind this pulpit. It's a hard thing to be up here because if you make a mistake, let me tell you something. I'm not scared of man. It's a fearful thing to be put in the hands of an angry God. 
fearful thing to be put in the hands of an angry God. You think about that. You mess up, and you're God's children. We have to toe the line. We have to make sure that every, everything that we, we think or we say and stuff, it has to line up with the Word of God. And little brothers put me in my place too. I came across saying something one time that it, it was just all full of doubt. And I was like, and, I, and he, he said, hey, he texted me and said, can you, can you think about what, what you just said for a second? And I was like, well, what in the world did I say? I said, I just spoke the truth. And I told him, and he goes, yeah, he said, I, I understand you spoke the truth, but just take a look at it. So I, I rolled it back and I looked at it and I was like, my God, he's right. He's right. That's all full of doubt. Oh, my God. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. And, and, and it's, it's the thought process. Get in the right thought process, church. God's not trying to ruin your life. God's trying to make sure that your life goes according to his plan and his will. Realize that the trials that you go through, the tribulations that you go through, yes, they hurt. Yes, they're painful. But God wants you in a place where he can use you. Why? For somebody else. Let's all stand. We're going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for giving us this word. God, for, for giving us, Lord, what you want us to hear today, Jesus. Lord, we are so grateful to you, God, for having mercy. God, for blessing us, God, for being in your presence, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you go with us today. Help us, God, to, to not only hear this word, God, but to apply it in our lives, God. Apply it to us. Help us to build a new and fresh relationship with you every single day, God, in prayer, through prayer, God. Knowing and believing, God, that you're going to work in our lives. You're going to work through us, Jesus. Father, we also, we ask in the name of Jesus that you go with everyone here today, God, as they go home, Lord. Bless them, God. Keep them safe, God. Put a hedge about them, Lord. Let your angels minister to them, God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.